Ion 2020, episode 101. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. everybody it's ray and your host of ion 2020 your source for the news and the related events that are happening with the 2020 election uh we are getting close closer every single day obviously it's uh coming in november 2020 but we're getting close to the summertime which is going when you're going to start seeing all of the political debates for the democrats and the uh I don't think the Republicans are going to actually have one, but you're going to start seeing the debates for the Democrats. You're starting to see also all these town halls and stuff that are going on, and CNN, Fox News, they're all getting on that bandwagon. CNN kind of started this whole this whole town hall idea back in 2015, 2016, during that election cycle, when there was tons of Republicans, everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to know what these guys represent and stuff, and it's a nice, intimate way for that politician to get... Kind of, you know, not too many hardballs thrown on them, mostly softballs, it seems like to me. Mostly CNN, it sounds like to me, when I'm listening to these when these town halls, what they're doing is they are kind of mediating what's what questions are going to be asked. They probably get a list of all the questions that, you know, each person is going to ask at the beginning, and then they kind of choose the person based on where they want the show to go. So it's a lot of producers that are kind of putting forth what they want want the people to hear that are on that show, which is fine. You're not going to hear any too hardball of questions, but you're not going to hear, uh, you know, too many are you wearing boxes or briefs type of questions either, like what you heard with uh, back when MTV did their town hall to, town hall little show with uh, Bill Clinton back in 1992, I think that was. I remember watching that as a kid, actually, and thinking to myself that it was like the coolest thing that someone would ask him that, but that's obviously a 10-year-old kid or however old I was at the time asking something like that, You're, you know. But to an adult, that just sounds absolutely crazy that someone asked that question. But you're not going to have too many softball stuff like that, but you're going to have a little bit of meat and a little bit of depth. But CNN kind of started that. Now Faith, Now um, Fox News is starting to get on the bandwagon of doing these town hall-style town hall style, uh, shows as well. And then you're going to start seeing the debates coming. Fox News has been canceled out of these debates for the Democrats, which is crazy to me. And even Elizabeth Warren, she wouldn't even do one of these town halls on Fox News saying, oh, they pander to the right and that they're, you know, the outlet for the alt-right and I'm not going to give them my business and things like that, which is fine. I think that I think it really shows where her true character is, that she's really not trying to reach across the aisles or reach across uh, any divides i guess in order to bring people in but i don't know if they have to i mean she is a divisive person she has her socialist views she has her specific views on where she thinks the country should go and if you don't come along with it you know what there's a gulag for you i'm sure in her view so um that's fine however she feels i mean uh, but anyway so i appreciate you guys listening today go ahead and subscribe to the show and give me a five-star rating and review if you really like what you hear uh and then come on back tomorrow you can do that by subscribing and Facebook, you'll you can type in "I on the Empire," and that's where you'll find me. And you can also type in uh, "I on the Empire" 
on a Twitter, and you'll be able to find me there. And then we have IonTheEmpire.com, which is where I'm posting news and related events with regards to the entire world empire uh, that the United States is trying to form and has slowly been moving towards. So uh, keep an eye on things that are like going on with foreign policy and things like that. Uh, from a libertarian perspective, that's the way that I take it. First-time listener, you're listening to a libertarian show. So uh, get yourself prepared. But hey, you know what I found today? It was um, it was really interesting. It's a it's a little thing on line. I found at OpenSecrets.org, and it says the top groups giving to members of Congress in the 2018 cycle. And it says, who got the most juice on Capitol Hill? Here's a list of the top interest groups contributing to members of the 114th Congress during the 2017-2018 election cycle. The first list shows the overall 50 biggest interest groups. The other two highlight the top 25 interest groups giving to each member of Congress and the political parties. So to me, it just, when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is telling which interest groups are given to which people, right? And, uh... And it's kind of shows who's bought and paid for in Congress in some ways. Uh, it's the top 50 interest groups in 2018. So the first, the largest interest group is the retired group, the retirees, I guess. And um, I'm looking at that, and that is the George W. Gibbs V, or the third uh, living trust, is the largest contributor to this retired group. So I guess it's a lobbying group for retirees. And. Uh, they gave $114 million to people in Congress this year, in 2018, and the 61% of it went to Democrats, and 38% of it went to Republicans. So, it, and what this particular thing shows me is where most of the money is going. A lot of it seems from these special interests and stuff. The Democrats say that they don't get a lot of money from corporate donors and stuff which they do we all know that we all know that uh, politicians in general are going to get tons and tons of money from corporate donors and they're bought and paid for in that way right their campaigns are bought and paid for and they're going to give money to the person that they think is going to give them the best outcome because in this world that we live in everyone is fighting to get their hands on a piece of that you know three to four trillion dollars per year that the government is taxing and spending, right? And they're trying to get as little money taken from them as they can, so they got to get the lowest taxes that they can, but they're also trying to get a piece of the pie, a piece of those dollars that are being spent. So they're going to lobby these politicians to make it happen. For example, I, I read something the other day that the um, the Koch brothers, and I, I, I'm i not a person that's a negative on the Koch brothers. I, I could care less. I don't know too much about them. And that people get into arguments all the time and they use them as like the boogeyman. But I, I guess they spent $20 million on campaign donations, maybe for their company or maybe personally they did. I'm not sure what it was. But in return, they the, t- the Trump tax cuts ended up benefiting them by $1.4 billion. So that's a really good return on your money. You spend $20 million to get, you know, $1.4 billion back or $1.2 billion back. That's a great return on your money. That's better than you're going to get in the stock market any day of the week, right? So why wouldn't you spend that kind of money? So there is benefit to be had by lobbying your Congress people, getting people on your side, buying as many votes as you can. It's a great investment for these people, especially like the sugar lobby 
who spends, you know, 10, 12 million dollars, but overall, the few people that are donating that kind of money, the few people that are members of the sugar lobby, they get a specific tax break and tax incentives and different things like that, that is going to get them back billions of dollars as well. So when government has that much power to tax, when the government has that much power over your life on how much money is being spent, on which money goes where that they're taxing, that's a huge investment. That's a huge incentive for you as a business to get up there and try to get your piece of the pie. So that's what this is showing is the different group. So you got lawyers and law firms, lawyers and law firms, surprise, surprise that they would be the second people on the list. Um, lobbies, lobbyists for lawyers and law firms spent $85 million last year. So let's get back to retired people, the retire, the interest group for the retirees spent $114 million last year and 61% of it went to the Democrats. 38% went to Republicans and the top recipient, get this, Beto O'Rourke, Democrat from Texas. That was the top recipient of that money. Who's actually running for president right now on the Democratic ticket. We know that. I talked about that earlier. So then you get lawyers and law firms. $85 million spent. 77% went to Democrats. 23% went to Republicans. Who is the top recipient? Recipient? Claire McCaskill. Democrat, Missouri. Next, securities and investments. So that is probably Wall Street. $66 million spent lobbying or buying, donating to these campaigns, right? Donating to these uh, these members of Congress. $66 million, actually 66.9. So we'll just say 67, we'll round up. $67 million. And you would think Wall Street, right? They're going to be giving most of their money to the Republicans. Nope. 54% went to Democrats. 46% went to, went to Republicans. And you could probably assume that the reason why they would do that is because Democrats are more likely to uh, talk bad about Wall Street. So maybe they're just paying them off to get them not to talk too bad about Wall Street. Who knows? Next lobby, real estate lobby, $58 million. 51% went to Democrats. 48% went to Republicans. The number one recipient, Beto O'Rourke, for the real estate lobbies. Wow. And you wonder, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at this. Every single one of these was Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. Democrats get the most from all these people. Next, you got health care or health professionals associations donated $49 million. $49 million. 54% went to Democrats. 45% went to Republicans. And Beto O'Rourke, top recipient. Wow, that's just crazy. He is just raking in the money and the donations from these different organizations. That's crazy. Next, leadership packs. $43 million. Top recipient, Bill Nelson, a Democrat from Florida. He's a senator. And 33% of that money went to Democrats and 67% went to Republicans. I'm not sure what leadership PACs are. Maybe that's the political interest or political action committees. That must be the political action committees for the different um, different groups. Like, you know, every, every politician seems to have a political action committee that supports them in these elections. So and then you got insurance is number seven. 
$38 million, 40% went to the Democrats and 59% went to Republicans. The largest or the top recipient, Heidi Heitkamp, of Democrat, a Democrat from North Dakota. Wow, she, they must have really wanted to make sure she kept her seat because she must be buying, she must be um, on their payroll in some way, if that's the case, because she's from North Dakota. That must have been an important seat to keep for the uh, for that particular group, for the insurance group. Education, $32 million, 88% went to Democrats, and 11% went to Republicans, and the top recipient again, holy cow, Beto O'Rourke, amazing that he is just, of the top eight, he's one, two, three, four of them, he's the top recipient of the top eight, of the top ten it is too, because the next two is uh, lobbyists and pharma and health products, 26 million and 23 million respectively. So lobbyists sent, spent $26 million and pharma spent $23 million. Oil and gas spent $22 million and their top recipient was Ted Cruz. Obviously he's from Texas. 17% went to Democrats for oil and gas. 83% went to Republicans. So it kind of tells you, if you're looking at this, all this stuff, you can see like, for example, education, most most people that are in the education, they seem like they are Democrats, right? If you got a teacher, they're most likely Democrat. If you got a college professor, they're most likely Democrat. But if you got an oil guy, they're most likely Republican, right? So you can see where that money is going based upon the different, what these people are going to vote for. So you can tell that your government is bought and paid for in some way by somebody on all of this stuff, man. And it's just, I mean, if you look at this Beto O'Rourke, he is bought and paid for like you wouldn't even believe. He's all over this list. He's number 43, number 42, number 40, number 39, number 38, number 30. You know, you just go down number 26, number 25, number 23. All of those ones that of, of the top 50 interest groups, he's their top recipient on, all, on like at least a third of these. It's just, it's just absolutely insane how much this guy has done. But you could tell like this guy is bought and paid for. Absolutely. He has all these interest groups behind him. He must, since he is from Texas, and Texas has a lot of firepower in the economy, these people want to make sure that they he is voting for what they want every single time. Every single time. That when he goes up there and casts his vote, his vote is going towards what they tell him to every single time. And all of these candidates... All these politicians, same thing. You had there, none of them are like Ron Paul, who basically had a sign out that it says, "If you're trying to get me to vote your way, you might as well walk away and leave." I'd love to. I can't remember what exactly Ron Paul's sign says. If any of y'all know, I, let me know. I can't remember what it says, but it was something to that effect, right? That you know, he is not going to entertain these lobbyists. He is not going to go to dinner with them. He is not going to sit there and listen to them and have them tell him <clears throat> tell him how to vote. And uh, it would be relieving if somebody else was like that in Congress. I'm sure there's a few. I'm sure there's there's at least a few that are like that. Um, Justin Amash, maybe. Uh, there and there's there's probably a few other. Maybe even Rand Paul would be like that as well. But there's a few in the, like the Libertar or the Liberty Caucus, the Freedom Caucus, I think is what it is. That's in Congress. Some of those guys are probably not going to be the ones that are bought and paid for in some way. But you know what? They're swayable. Everyone's swayable in some ways. I mean, if 
if somebody came and said, I'm going to kill your kid if you don't vote my way, obviously I'm going to vote that way. You know, like, there, there's certain there's certain things that you can get somebody on something. If you found something in their past that they just wanted to come out, you're going to get them to vote that way. That's just the way it is. And uh, you got p- flawed politicians that have lots and lots of power. Lots of power. Flawed people. People are flawable. People that even the most moral person you meet can be, you know, can be corrupted somehow. And there's got there's 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 dirt on everybody. So that that's what it comes down to is you got corruptible people that have a lot of power, control over forty percent of the economy, trillions upon trillions of dollars that is going out from this federal government, and also trillions upon trillion dollars that is coming into the federal government, and everybody's trying to get their piece of the pie. And then you have politicians that are corruptible. And you have parties, Republicans and Democrats, that control it all, right? So the Democrats, they do vote in lockstep with each other every single time. And the Republicans, they do also the majority of the time, right? So you have the parties that are telling these people how to vote, what votes to make, and so forth, or else where you're not going to get funding, you're not going to get your chair on this particular, you know, um, committee and things like that. So these people are going to vote exactly how they're told every single time. And when they don't, they're saying, Paul Ryan, get your people in order. Nancy Pelosi, get your people in order. Whoever the, you know, the minority whips are and all that stuff, right? Get your people in order. They have to vote the way that we tell them. Why aren't your people doing what they're told to do? Come on, we're, we've paid for this, man. We, we're the oil industry. We've paid for this. We got your guys elected. You better vote the way we want you to. The education group, same thing. You better vote for the way that we told you to. We bought and paid for your people. We did. And that's the government that you live under. A government that has so much power that all of this stuff happens every single day. The federal government has way too much power. And that's why it needs to be pulled apart. That's why it needs to. you need to get candidates up there that are willing to stand up for the constitution in some way and say that these things are unconstitutional right that's what you need to do you need to get it and find that candidate that is going to run that is going to take apart the government because there's too much power and all they're trying to do is get more and more of your power take for example Kamala Harris announcing that like she wants to basically start fining businesses that are going to pay women less than men I mean, if I'm a business owner, if I have a nice sales organization, you know, we got people selling, and I know I could pay the woman 22% less than the man, so I got the man sitting in front of me, a couple years, two years, let's say they're exactly the same, two years of experience, graduated from the same college, went to University of South Carolina, they both graduated two years ago from the same program, I got them both sitting in front of me, both have a sales, marketing with sales experience, you know, they got two years of experience now from the same business, let's say. Let's, and I know I could pay her 22% less, so I could pay her 50, or I could pay him $60,000, or I could pay her $50,000, or fifty or $45,000. Who am I going to choose? Who am I going to choose? I, I'm going to give, a, you get $1,000 per sale, sir, but ma'am, you only get seven hundred dollars per sale, seven hundred and fifty bucks a sale. 
am I really going to hire the man ever? No, that's not, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't make sense whatsoever. There are reasons why there is, they, there, there's tons of reasons why they show this 22% pay gap between men and women, right? There's tons of reasons why that is the case. I mean, there, there's a, there's an entire, there's a ton, an entire Freakonomics episode, I think it was, or maybe it was, uh, planet money episode on this thing and they really narrowed it down to say there's actually really like a more like a three or four percent maybe a five percent of the most pay gap between men and women but a lot of those things are based upon career choices there's hundreds and hundreds of reasons why a woman at a job might get paid a different thing different salary than a man and it might be because of their experience coming in. It might be because the salary that that guy had before versus the salary that she had before. Maybe she took a couple of years off, so forth. I mean, there's there's tons of reasons why. But Kamala Harris, her idea is to penalize a business. So any business that has over 100, 100 employees has to submit on a, I guess, a weekly basis their payroll to the federal government. So we got a whole other bureaucracy now. That's going to have to come into effect. That's going to control more and more of your life. That's going to have more and more people up in Cong- up in Washington lobbying to f- try to fix this or try to get around this or try to do you know anything they can to save on that. And that's what we that's what we trust our government. Like people want more the government to do more and more and more. Well, what I'm saying is these people are bought and paid for. Do we want that that kind of power? In Washington, D.C., there's not a one-size-fits-all for the entire 50 states. There isn't. And what if the what if it's in an industry where the men typically get paid less than the women? There are industries like that as well. There's a few. There's a few. Do they find the companies for that? I mean, there's already book. There's already laws in the books that say you can't discriminate versus men and women based upon sex, race, gender, and all that stuff, right? So there is a way around that through the law, through the legal process. If you feel like you've been, if you feel like, you know, your company's not treating you right and you can prove it, take it to court. You don't even have to have beyond reasonable, reasonable doubt in a, you know, in a civil situation like that. You don't. So, I mean, there is a ways around that, but you don't need Kamala Harris coming up with some government bureaucratic plan, you know, some new bureaucracy that's going to regulate this stuff and control that stuff. Because then it comes with more and more payouts to Beto O'Rourke, essentially, (laughs) is what it does. And is that the type of, is that where we want to live? I mean, do we want a country that has. The, the federal government in control of all, everything, every aspect of the economy, every aspect of your life. Is that what you want? I want the federal government to do as little as possible, the state government to do a li- as little as possible, and get it down to the local level, man. At least you have control. At least if you have the local politicians that are doing something that's corruptible, you can get rid of them. It's easier to get rid of them. That, you could go knock on 2,000 doors in a neighborhood and get all those people to vote for you and get a person from your local you know, city council off of the board. But to get a 
to get a congressperson out, like 95% of the time they get reelected. It's a it's a job for life. And a congressperson back in the, you know, when the when the constitution came out, like when they, when they wrote the constitution and when when the United States became a country, a congressperson represented like 10 or 12,000 people or something. I mean, it was not too many. Now they represent I think it's like 150,000 people or something. So I mean it's impo- you, you to meet your congressperson, to see your congressperson like you just, you wouldn't even think that your opinion matters in that situation. But when you're representing a few thousand people or 10,000 people, the ones that are interested can get a hold of you. They can vote you out. Somebody that's dissatisfied with you can get you out of your out of your seat by going and shaking four or five thousand people's hands. And that's what that's the I mean, we don't I don't want the federal government to have that much control. Because it's people that can it's very hard to get those people out of their seats that are in the Senate, that are in the Congress that are in pres- the presidency, it's very hard to unseat these people because the pa- the parties have so much power and so much money going to Beto O'Rourke, Bill Nelson, and all these different, you know, all the Congress people, they get so much money going into their campaigns. And they're all bought and paid for. And that's, I mean, that's only be- the only reason why all that money is being funneled into it is because it's a good investment for these businesses a business nobody none of these people would donate money to these campaigns if it wasn't going to affect their lives or their businesses or their organization but there's so much power held in that federal government that that that, that it's there and if you look at i mean i would love to see Elizabeth warren i'd love to look at all of these candidates and see where they stand how much money is coming in from these different political like these interest groups I would love to see it on these from these politicians how much money is going to these people that are running for president because then you can see how they're going to vote you can see why they vote a certain way let's take apart the government let's take it apart let's get to the point where we have such where the federal government has so little money going in and money going out that it does so little except for defense maybe right where there's whereas does so little that you don't need interest groups to try to lobby to get that money funneled their way or those tax breaks breaks funneled their way that you don't have to have a candidate that's bought and paid for because it does so little that's the type of that's the type of world that I would love to live in from the federal level bring it down to the states and bring it down to the local cities i mean the local HOA I mean, my lo- local HOA provides security. They take care of all of the maintenance around the area. Like, that's just fine for me. If I don't like it, I can move, you know? Or I can go out and I could run for our homeowners association's board and have some influence there. It's all voluntary. It is. And that, that's the best way to live. Individual responsibility. The libertarian message non-aggression so go ahead i mean if 
if if um if you think you can get out there and, and teach this message to other people so that they can see the same thing you don't need the federal government telling businesses how to pay their employees and finding them if they don't pay them the way that they want them to you don't need the federal government to provide you with your medical care your insurance you don't need that federal government to do all that you can take responsibility for yourself you're going to be empowered and that's the libertarian message so um anyway guys if you like what you hear go ahead and subscribe to the show and uh then you'll be able to hear a little bit more tomorrow i'm going 100 more episodes at least on 101 now and i've already committed to doing up to 200 so uh, and i'll probably keep on going beyond that like i said my plan is to go up to 20 up to 2020 up to the new the November 2020 keep on going until the presidential election is over with maybe a little bit beyond that and then I'm planning on switching it over to more of a eye on the empire foreign policy domestic policy keeping an eye on your government that's kind of the plan that I'm having um but I've been doing this since January and I'll be bringing it to you Monday through Friday continuing to do that so if you like what you hear go ahead and subscribe five-star rating on facebook give me a review check me out on twitter facebook and ionthempire.com and then come on back tomorrow to episode 102 so you'll have clear vision for 2020